from Pune this is Adventist World Radio Hello and welcome to our international English service In our program today we have music coming to you from heritage singers and Jody Milishenko a feature on education Thought for the day is taken from God's word focusing our attention on the topic seven stars of prophecy I'm Sophia I'm Sharad and you're listening to Adventist World Radio the voice of hope We start our program with a song The King is coming Yeah. 
the heritage singers on adventist world radio and now featuring on education we have anupam one factor in your child's life that goes strictly by chronological age is the pattern of education laid down by the powers that be who decides at the top of the tree is the secretary of state for education and science who heads the department of the same name laws on education passed by parliament must be obeyed throughout the land but the department of education des farms out its job of running education to local education authorities who under the chief education officer and his staff see to the smooth running of schooling in your area just what particular pattern of schooling is adopted is decided by a committee and subcommittees of councillors who make up your local education committees so if you aren't happy about the pattern of education in your area get in touch with your committees or some councillor you know who serves on them but you're more likely to be concerned with queries about the actual running of the system and snags or hitches you may have come across in the case of your child in this case get in touch with your education officer middle schools for the past 12 years or so some counties in england have opted for middle schools and there is a fair sprinkling of these from cornwall to northumberland even here the pattern can vary children may attend middle school from 8 to 12 or from 9 to 13 they then transfer to secondary schools a year or two after the usual age of 11 all this can be confusing and very inconvenient for families who have to move from one area to another your present education office would give you information about the system which operates in the area you're moving to but beyond that you must grin and bear it regional differences scotland the scots have rightly been proud of their system of education and their well-known academies catered for many kind of pupil long before the creation of comprehensive schools so in scotland the comprehensive pattern of secondary education has taken hold without too much difficulty there are some important differences though between the scheme of things on either side of the border and it's important to know about these if your job is likely to take you up north or down south in scotland pupils transfer to secondary school at 12 for 4 years a school leaving exam at 16 compares with gce o levels for pupils who stay on at school 
Further exams are taken after one year only, often in four or five subjects. These form the basis for university entrance. Some pupils stay on for sixth year and take higher exams or a certificate of sixth year studies. Scotland has its own education acts, and the local pattern of education is worked out by education authorities and local head teachers. Northern Ireland has many more selective rather than comprehensive schools. There are also a good number of schools with church connections. Wales, England, and Wales have a uniform pattern of secondary education, with a large number of comprehensive schools. Change to secondary school at the age of eleven is still the usual pattern of schooling. Thank you, Anubham, for being on our program. You are listening to Adventist World Radio. The voice of hope for all. For more details about our program, you are requested to write to us on Adventist World Radio, Post Box Number Seventeen, Pune, four one one zero zero one, Maharashtra, India. Here's a song by Jody Melishenko entitled "For What Earthly Reason." Would the heavenly Father send down His Son to suffer rejection and pay for crimes He had not done? For what earthly reason? Would the Father let him hang on a tree? I wept with the answer that one earthly reason was me. That 
were not summoned from the throne up in the sky to purchase my pardon, not even the angels could Freedom was destined to be the sweet lamb of glory and his only reason was me. Bible theme today is Seven Stars of Prophecy. We invite you to listen to a message presented by Pastor Frederick Paul. Our subject is the Seven Stars of Prophecy. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 20. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. The seven stars represent the seven angels or ministers of the seven churches. And the seven candlesticks or lamps represent the seven churches. The word angel means messenger. Those superhuman beings usually called angels are so called to describe not their nature but their work. They are God's messengers and the name means only that. In the original language of the Holy Bible, the word angel is certainly used at times in reference to men who are acting as God's messengers. In 1 Kings 19 and verse 2, it refers to Queen Jezebel's messenger, and in Luke 7.24, to the messengers that John the Baptist sent to Jesus. It is applied to the prophet in Haggai 1.13 and to the priest in Malachi 2.7. So here in the first three chapters of the book of Revelation, we have the true ministers or angels of the churches represented by the beautiful symbol of the stars. 
And where are they? They are held safe in the pierced hands of Christ. Christ holds them as a star-decked crown of glory or royal diadem in his right hand. This whole picture of the stars and the lamps is foreshadowed by the gospel prophet Isaiah. Listen to this. Isaiah 62 verses 1 to 3. For Zion's sake will I not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest, until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness, and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth. And the Gentiles shall see the righteousness, and all kings thy glory, and thou shalt be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. Thou shalt also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of thy God. So Christ cares for his ministers and his church to the end of time. These seven churches of Revelation plainly cover the whole history of the church to the coming of Christ, one church period succeeding another through seven successive ages. The appearance of our Lord in the vision, walking amid the golden lamps, indicates his presence and care to the end of time. There were other churches that might have been named, but these seven, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea are named in the prophecy for two reasons. Number one, their names are descriptive of their character. Number two, their local history and condition apply to the general church conditions in the period symbolized. With this in mind, we look at them briefly. The first church, Ephesus. The apostolic age is AD 31 to 100. Revelation chapter 2 verses 1 through 7. The name Ephesus means desirable, and such the church was in the days of the apostles. The Savior refers to himself as he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand. He commends the Ephesians for their faithful labor, but calls them back to their first love, which had grown cold. As we study this prophecy, we need to bear in mind, that the message of each church has its lesson for all churches which follow to the end of time. The second church is found in Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. It is called Smyrna, meaning sweet incense or perfume. This is the church that bore the brunt of pagan persecution from AD 100 to 323, when Constantine, the heathen emperor of Rome, became a Christian. During this time, thousands were put to death in the arenas and public theatres of the Roman Empire. In his message to the ministers and people of this church, the Lord Jesus Christ announces himself as one who was dead and is alive. He tells them to be faithful in the terrible ten days or years prophetically of persecution which were to come to them. This came to pass from AD 303 to 313. Diocletian, the persecuting emperor, had medals struck bearing the words, The Christians are no more, but we know that this was not true. For the church was preserved in spite of her enemies. To the church which gave light to this age of martyrdom, Jesus said, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Thirdly, we must pass quickly to the third church and to its period. Pergamos, meaning hate or elevation. It covers the period of increasing corruption from AD 323 to 538. Revelation chapter 2, verses 12 through 17. Here, Christ declared himself to be the bearer of the sharp sword. 
the word of the Holy Scripture is called the sword of the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 17. Much error crept into church circles in those days and only the sharp word of God could eradicate it. The fourth church, Thyatira, meaning sacrifice of contrition, throws its light in a dark age and pictures the people of God during times of intolerance. Revelation 2, 18 to 29. Many of them were poor and obscure, but their names were written in heaven. It seems that this church period extended from the 6th to the 16th century. The fifth church, Sardis meaning, that which remains, Revelation 3, verses 1 through 6, was Christ's golden lamp in Reformation days. During this time, mighty victories were won for Christ, but a change came about which slowed down the work of God. Sixth, the sixth church is Philadelphia, meaning brotherly love. And how we all need the true spirit of brotherly love today. Revelation 3, 7 to 13. This was the period of the great advent awakening and the light was shining upon the prophetic books of Daniel and the Revelation. Last of all, we come to the seventh church, Laodicea, the judging of the people. Revelation chapter 3, verses 14 to 22. This is the last church period. It is the golden lamp of Christ which will be shining in the world when He comes again. Its light gleams out over the earth during the judgment hour. The end is near. Unto the ministry of this last church, our Savior calls Himself the Amen and declares that He stands at the door and knocks for admittance in Laodicea. Will we open the door to the Savior today? It is for you and me to decide because we are living in the time of Laodicea now. Down through the seven church ages, the stars are in Christ's hand as he walks amid the golden lamps. He never forgets or forsakes his own. These beautiful symbols, the seven stars and the seven burning lamps speak to us of the churches and their servants, the churches and their work, and of the churches and the Lord in the Bible. The star is a figure for authority, and the messenger is one under authority. So the Christian ministry displays that truth, so often forgotten, which Jesus gave when he said, He that is greatest among you shall be your servant. Matthew 23, 11. His true ministers are exalted higher, that they may serve the lower. Dignity and authority mean liberty for more self-forgetting work for Christ. Power binds us to responsibility. Wisdom is given to one to enlighten others. Strength is given so that feeble hands may be upheld. Stars shine, so do lamps. Both give light, but in a different way. All Christians really have the same work to do, to shine for Christ as lights in the world. Let us never forget, fellow Christians, that the church light is derived light. Christ must walk among the golden lamps or they will never shine. Their light comes from Him. He lights them with divine fire and He feeds them with the oil of His Spirit. Do you remember what happened to those virgins in Christ's parable who had lamps but no oil? They were left at last in darkness. It is a dark hour in this world and millions are looking for a steady light, a flame that never dies. Do not be discouraged. Weary worker for Christ, just keep the light burning. Let us not overlook the hope and encouragement that comes to us from the story of the seven churches of prophecy. Always Christ was with them. 
even in days dark with persecution and apostasy and conflict and trouble and war. His presence was granted to them all, the best and the worst, the dying love of Ephesus, the faithful work of Smyrna, the licentious heresies of Pergamos and Thyatira, the all but total darkness of Sardis, the steadfastness of Philadelphia, and the self-satisfied indifference of Laodicea. He knows about them all. He wants, he encourages, he promises, and he loves them all even unto the end. Soon, the days of Laodicea will be over, and Jesus Christ will come again to gather the redeemed of all ages. Then his great gospel commission will be completed. The work of the church on earth will be done. And in the city which never knows the night will shine forever and ever those who turn many to righteousness, those true ministers of God, the seven stars of prophecy. Thank you, Pastor Frederick Paul, for sharing God's word. We do hope you enjoyed our program. You are listening to the Voice of Hope from Pune, India. The scripture states, All glory to God, who is able to keep you from stumbling and who will bring you into His glorious presence, innocent of sin and with great joy. Jude one twenty four. With this, we come to the end of our program. May God richly bless you as you listen to Adventist World Radio every day. For those of you who wish to know more on God's Word, you are welcome to write to us. Here's our mailing address. Adventist World Radio, Post Box Number 17, Pune, 411001, Maharashtra, India. Our address once again is Adventist World Radio, Post Box Number 17, Pune, 411001, Maharashtra, India. You could also email us on amc3 at vsnl.com. That's amc3 at vsnl.com. I'm Sharad. And I'm Sophia signing out from Adventist World Radio. Do remember to join us again along with your family and friends. Until then, may you enjoy all the blessings of our loving God. Goodbye and God bless you.